Pastor Tamarindo, we are working on embracing our Senora vibes. We're going to talk about aging, and we're going to talk about ageism, and we're going to talk about why we love our wrinkles. Welcome to Tamarindo Podcast. Hosted by me, Brenda Gonzalez, a political nerd and nonprofit capacity builder. And me, Ana Sheila Victorino, a queer well-being enthusiast and mindset coach. We are a Latinx empowerment podcast discussing politics, culture, and how to keep your calma with well-being practices and self-love. Our mission is to use laughter and conversation to inform and inspire. For us, self-care and advocacy go hand in hand. We want you to be your best you so together we can build more inclusive communities. Welcome to the show! What's up, Tamarindo Amiguis? We're back. Hello, hello, hello. ¿Cómo estás, Brenda? ¿Qué pasa contigo? Well, lo que pasa is that we're very excited because we have an upcoming event. This is on June 10th at 5 p.m. It's called True Stories en Vivo. Hopefully you all have your tickets. You can register for free in the link in our bio and all of our socials. And of course, we'll link it in our show notes. This is going to be a fantastic event. It's featuring special guest storyteller Melissa Lozado Oliva, Guatemalan, Colombian, American poet and screenwriter, and a great slate of storytellers. And we want to thank Hip Latino who is our media sponsor because we have a lot of fantastic Latinas that are part of the lineup. This will be a night of storytelling co-hosted by Tamarindo and The Naciona Podcast, which you all should check out. And you can register for free on our website. Once again, this is on June 10th at 5 p.m. And this is all via Zoom. So you can, from wherever you are on the globe, you can join us. So exciting stuff. It's going to be so amazing. Please join us. And Brenda, so what are you getting, giving your matraca to this week? Our matraca, what I'm celebrating. Well, I want to recommend to folks because we're, we're in June. This is Pride Month, so hooray! Every every um, every episode is a Pride episode because you know, we're yes. all about that. Yes, we celebrate everybody, and I want to recommend a series. It's called Amend: The Fight for America, recommended by. Glad and by me and Glad shares um, it's hosted by Will Smith and it delves into the 14th Amendment and the fight of oppressed people for rights in this country. I think it's a fantastically, I don't know if that's a word, but it's a great, great show, great series. And if you watch just one episode, I highly recommend the episode that's centered on the fight for marriage equality and queer voices such as Samira Wiley and Laverne Cox. It's on Netflix. It's super great. I think you all should take a listen. And Brenda's recommendations are always excellent. So I'm really excited to watch this. You got to see Brenda. it. Super good. Yes. So okay. what's your matraca going to, Ana Sheila? I'm giving, to, giving my matraca to a uh, new CDC data found that the U.S. birth rate fell by 4% in 2020. And this is the sharpest decline in nearly 50 years. And normally that would sound like a basura, right? Like something that's not great. I mean, um, less Americans. I don't know. <laughs> And, and obviously, there is a lot of concern around this. Some people are citing this as a crisis, but there also is a more optimistic view of this, uh, that this could be signs of ultimately a better reshaped economy. And what I'm really giving a matraca to, to, to me, it's also a reflection of where women are today. And so I'm giving the matraca to women because I think <laughs> what this also reflects is, uh, you know, women having access to education and employment opportunities so much more so than, than they used to, that they can actually decide 
they don't have to depend, they don't have to just pop out babies, right? So it's about women having autonomy, a change in values, and women just doing what the fuck they want, and families starting when they want it. If they want to have families, people can start families. People can also not start families and, and start whenever they want. So just really people deciding to make their lives what they want them to and not following rules of how they're supposed to live. So to me, that's what I want to give a matraca to. I certainly give a matraca to uh, women and independence and control over your body and uh, making decisions like perhaps not procreating. I do wonder, though, um, a little bit more about this number, this figure, because I also think that something else that's going on is that folks, they may not have the financial opportunities to have a family because we live in a, a society where housing is incredibly expensive, where you need to have a master's degree to get paid $40,000 a year. So it just doesn't financially make sense to have a family. So I'm not surprised in the declining birth rate. For sure. So I think there's there could be a lot going on to that yeah. figure. And I think that is 100% also something that goes into that figure, 100%. And we actually, and I can refer the, the link to speaks to the article and, and a lot of these different, you know, a lot of the, the different issues that are at play here. And for me, that's for sure also a thought, you know, one, it's deciding, do I want to actually procreate and being more intentional with that decision? And two is also like, I want to, if I do it, I want to do it at a time where I really feel like I can give my child the kind of life that I want them to have. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is, I don't have the precise data, but I heard some other alarming stat about um, the, the men's sperm count is going down. So this, like, you know, the birth rate's going down, sperm count is going down. It's a little bit of you know, dystopian, <laughs> dystopian news. Not to bum you out, though. <laughs> yeah, there. I think there's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on. Okay. Yes. And what about, uh, what are you giving, what are you sending to La Basura? Well, I'm going to give to La Basura a little teaser on what we're going to talk about shortly, but I will give La Basura to ageism. So ageism, discriminating someone for their age. I think we all agree that belongs in La Basura. <laughs> that's, all I have, that's all I have to say. I'm cheating. I'm cheating. It's a preview <laughs> about what we're going to talk about later. What great about, great um, foreshadowing there, Brenda. Your, what's your Basura? <laughs> My Basura. So the latest edition of Las Pendejadas of Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is a member of the Republican Party. If y'all are not familiar with her, look her up. She's because trash. You'll, you'll make that sound that Brenda just, just made. So anyways, a few weeks ago, Marjorie uh, shared on a podcast, and I'll just read the actual quote that she gave. She said, you know, we can look back in a time in history where people were told to wear a gold star and they were definitely treated like second class citizens, so much so that they were put in trains and taken to gas chambers in Nazi Germany. And this is exactly the type of abuse that Nancy Pelosi is talking about. So she's referring to how Pelosi is still asking folks to wear masks uh, in the in where they the, go to work, right? Yeah. At work where they're indoors with a bunch of people. Exactly. Until they can confirm they are vaccinated to really limit being a petri dish for potential new variants, right? So I want to put that in the basura along with basically everything that she says, because to make the argument that asking people to wear masks for public health reasons is it all equivalent <laughs> to Jews who were forced to wear the Star of David on their clothes and sent to concentration camps and murdered? <laughs> like, I don't even know how she could even have those words come out of her mouth. It's, disgust Complete it's garbage. disgusting. So that is what's going in la basura for me. Definitely. Okay, what are we going to talk about today? So as you foreshadowed, Brenda, we are talking about aging today. So this year has been a lot, a year of so many new feelings and experiences for so many of us. And I think part of it was also letting go, both literally and figuratively, letting go of loved ones, letting go of control, letting go of 
an old way of life. Right. And so something that I've been reflecting on that really requires us to, to let go is is the process of aging. And I feel like I've really personally had to face this in a more meaningful way uh, for the first time, really, in the last few years. And so to, on today's episode, we really want to talk about openly about aging, how we see aging and ageism reflected in society, the joys, the struggles and ways that we can work on our relationship with it. And we want to open this conversation by discussing some of the aging related challenges experienced by our communities. Yes, yes, yes. And since we have a lot of time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to weigh in a little bit about thinking about aging and yeah, I'm very concerned about the lines that I see between my eyebrows. I'm very concerned about the um, my bones aching. <laughs> I'm definitely starting to think about aging. And, um, and I think a lot of our listeners are feeling this way as well. And, you know, when did you start noticing that you were aging? <laughs> like, how did you start feeling like, oh, man. Oh, actually, I'll tell you when I started feeling it. Maybe this, this you might connect to this. But this is a while ago when people started to find that it would be offensive to ask how old I am. That's when I was like, oh, shit. Like people are like, it was in the past. I was like, I'm 22, I'm 23. Then it started to be like, where people were like, oh, they don't ask how old I am because it would be offensive to ask. That's when I realized, holy shit, I'm old. When did you start feeling that way? Um, I mean, I think in the in the last few years, just when I noticed uh, different things on on my face that I hadn't noticed before, like my eyes looking a little bit different or a line that I didn't really have before. So that was that. I think that was like kind of the, the cue and I think the other thing that's happened maybe even more recently in the last year was really not feeling like I always know what the latest como trends and, you know, the latest whatever TikTok trend or things like that. <laughs> yeah. And it's like I don't always I'll catch up to them, but I'm a little bit late. I'm not like on with the pulse on it. And also with music, too. I'm not I don't know all the new music right away. I'm a little bit late. And I feel like that is a sign of like. You're a little bit older because you're not you don't have as much time, I think, to be up to date all the time on everything. But maybe that's just me, because I feel like, Brenda, you're you're more up to date no, on, no, on, no. Pop, on pop trends. But I think that that was like, OK, yeah. Well, speaking of TikTok and pop trends, uh, and then I will get into some of the stats that we want to talk about. Um, one of the things that Gen Z is um, throwing us in la basura, our generation, is for wearing um um skinny jeans. Did you know this? That now wearing skinny jeans is like the signal that you're old. Yeah, I did see that. Although I do no longer, I don't really wear skinny jeans that much anymore. I think they're not, they're not very comfortable. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. no, it's, yeah, it's an interesting. But I did thing. say that. But also, like more serious things about aging. Um, yes, of course, these are feelings are serious too. So our feelings are one hundred percent serious. But some of the data about why this is concerning, or not why why it's concerning, but what we want to talk about a little bit in this show is. Um, one of the concerns, especially about retirement, right? This is the other thing that you're thinking about your wrinkles, you're thinking about clothes and fashion, whether you're listening to the next trends, but you're also thinking about retirement and planning for the future. According to the Center for Retirement Research at Boston College, more than 60% of Latino households are at risk of being unable to maintain their current standard of living in retirement. And a big problem is that only 34% of Latinx workers have employer-sponsored retirement plans. So most folks... Unlike me and you, although not currently, because neither of you have, neither you or I have real jobs. But when we had real jobs, it was just an option that you could save up for retirement. And so there's a great majority of Latinos that don't even have that option, right? They don't even have the ability to save up for retirement, right? So that's a real scary thing to think about as they approach um, their, what are they called? The, what are they called? Años de oro? Oro? The golden years. 
Um, so this is not only stressful for older fo- folks who were planning to retire soon, but it's also stressful for their kids, right? Because there's uh, there's another thing that happens to a lot of us in this age group is that we're that not in my case because I'm a spoiled brat. My parents retired planned well for retirement, but it, unfortunately, a lot of people. And this is my privilege showing. Um, a lot of people are that sandwich generation where they have to think about raising kids. I don't have kids. So I don't have to worry about that. Or and taking care of their aging parents. My parents were the, the folks that did have access to retirement planning, so I recognize the privilege that I have. But a lot of folks don't have that, and so that's adding a little bit of stress as well. Yes, and the pan- the pandemic also erased some of the financial gains that a lot of our communities had made. Made and, and also compared to white folks, um, Latinx employment rates haven't recovered from the pandemic in the same way. And continuing on with the with topic of jobs and workplace, that is where age, age discrimination and ageism is most felt. So both women and both men and women obviously experience age discrimination in the workplace, but not surprisingly, women get the brunt of it. So research by David Newmark, an economics professor at the university at UC, UC Irvine, showed that ageism at work begins for men at 45 and for women at 40. So meaning that as early as these ages, uh, men and women might start to experience a harder time getting hired given their experience. They might no longer be considered for promotion or training. Yeah, that's really terrible about ageism. And let me talk to you a little bit about attitudes. So Latinos have um, some interesting attitudes about aging. There was a report by AARP on Latinx attitudes on aging, and they found that among Latinos ages 35 and 55, men and women are experiencing aging differently. While men are more likely to say that staying fit is harder as they age, 61% versus 45% of women, they are also more apt to believing getting older is about life accomplishments. That's 70% of men versus 50 6% of women and to feel more attractive as they age. So 54% of Latino men feel more attractive as they age versus 41% of Latinas. Yeah. And it's no wonder that only 41% of women feel more attractive as they age. Uh, Bonnie Marcus, a founder of a leadership and coaching program, specifically targeting older women, shares that, you know, as soon as women show any visible signs of aging, they are viewed not only as less attractive, but less competent. So basically... The idea here is as women get older, they face that double whammy of sexism and ageism working together. Hooray! And if you're Latina, (laughs) there's racism too. Yes. (laughs) Um, Despite this terrible news, though, Latinos, we're we're so optimistic. Back to that report by AARP, the good news is that Latinos are optimistic about aging generally. A majority of Latino adults aged 35 to 55 surveyed have positive rather than negative feelings about turning 50. 70% felt like life is more meaningful at 50. 65% report feeling like reaching age 50 is an important milestone. 57% feel that 50 is still young. So that's great, right? Latinos can feel very optimistic about about aging. And in fact, we have a clip here um, by uh, Claudia M., who is one of our listeners and who recently celebrated her 50th birthday. And I think it really captures this optimism. So let's um, hear Claudia. Hola, my name is Claudia and I recently had the pleasure of celebrating my 50th birthday. If you would have told me on my 30th birthday that 20 years later I would be thrilled to be turning 50, I wouldn't have believed you, because back then I wasn't all that happy to be turning 30. And yet, on my 50th birthday, I was thrilled, excited, and felt incredibly blessed. See, the thing is that back when I was turning 30, I was afraid of aging because I hadn't accomplished anything that I felt I should have accomplished by that age. I was also afraid of aging because people would say things to me like, 
don't ever get old, followed by something about how getting old is awful or sucks. But now that I'm over 50, I realize that getting older does not at all suck. Actually, it's wonderful. Sure, I don't have the body of a 20, 30, or 40-year-old, but that's okay because I have this wonderful body that has been through all those ages with me, and I am so incredibly grateful for it. And here's the deal. Aging has a bad PR rep. It's constantly being maligned, and it's ridiculous because getting older is a gift. It's not something to be afraid of or dread. I'm actually pissed that so many people talked ish about aging to me when I was younger and that I believed them. Now that I know better, I promise to not turn into one of those people. I promise to give aging the good PR it deserves because by doing so, I know I will help those who are younger than I am not fear the inevitable. I also know that by embracing the aging process publicly, I can help fight ageism because the one thing that does actually suck about aging is ageism. I love that so much. I feel like she is goals and I feel like I want to model my next, you know, 15, 20 years based on on her words. 100%, 100%. Yes. So we are going to get into our thoughts on aging right after this break. Planned Parenthood asked me to show someone how I see them, like really see them. So this ad is dedicated to none other than you, Anna Shayla. I see you, how compassionate you are. I see the way you care and the way you do so much to empower the LGBTQ community and beyond. I see your vulnerability as a strength, your fun sense of humor, and your ability to see the positive side of things. I see you as someone that is genuine and authentic, and I feel very lucky to get to see you, the real you. Oh, thank you, Brenda. Mi corazoncito. <laughs> That's so sweet. So Planned Parenthood sees you, truly sees you, not as patients, but as people, deserving of understanding and compassionate quality health care and education. And they understand the importance of having access to that care so you can define exactly where you're going. Visit www.bscene.org to learn more about how Planned Parenthood is here to see you become who you will be. That's www.bscene.org. Do you have trouble finding books or stories that accurately represent your experience as a Black person, Indigenous person of color? Or maybe you are looking to diversify and challenge your reading habits. Then check out Sholo Books and their ever-growing catalog of decolonized reading. Sholo Books is a Latina-owned bookstore dedicated to amplifying intersectional and anti-colonialist literature written by and for BIPOC folks. Sholo Books also sells a selection of discounted used books and donates a percentage of the sale to a nonprofit fighting for racial and social justice. And Sholo Books is currently partnering with book clubs across the country that align with their commitment to decolonized reading and supplying books at discounted rates. Recently, they've partnered with the Modern Immigrant Book Club, a virtual book club that meets once a month to discuss books that uplift the immigrant experience. Visit Sholobooks.com to shop the Sholo Bookstore and start decolonizing your reading today or follow them on social media. That's at X-O-L-O-B-O-O-K-S. Again, that's Sholobooks.com spelled X-O-L-O-B-O-O-K-S. And we're back. So, Anna Sheila, what are your thoughts on aging? 
Well, I think that my thoughts on aging are really informed by what society tells me that I'm supposed to think about aging, right? Right. So from a young age, I feel like we're taught that we want to avoid being old. It's like instilled in us. And as women, I feel like that's even worse. At least that's how I felt. Like I felt like we're taught that our value is tied to our physical appearance and we spend our life trying to unlearn that, right? But we feel like in kind of caught in that in that idea where we want to do everything that we can to avoid getting older to stay relevant or lo que sea and so I feel like we're bombarded and we're bombarded by this message all the time and a way that you can see that is that like our the the anti-aging market is a 52.5 billion market and it's mostly targeted to women so that's just proof of those of that mess all those messages that we're getting and I think I've definitely like struggled with that you know, as I'm starting to get older and now more recently starting to see little changes in in my face, you know, I'm definitely like, oh, should I be considering, I've never done anything like, you know, fillers or Botox or anything like that. But I'm starting to like, hmm, I wonder how I would feel if I got fillers or got Botox or, you know, thoughts that I'm, but I conflicted, right? Because it's like, if I get these things, then am I sort of embracing like this idea that I need to stay and look, that I need to look as young as possible forever. And if I start to do those things, will I can, will I get caught in this spiral of never wanting to stop? Right. Yeah. So I'm definitely something that I'm starting to struggle with. And, you know, also feeling like, now that we're doing, we, you know, you and I, Brenda, we do something that's not, we're not totally public facing, but we are a little bit. We mostly are behind these, these microphones, but we definitely have goals to do more live events and all these things. And I definitely feel this pressure in more kind of creative spaces that if we want to get in front of people, I'm like, oh, well, we need to, I need to get in front of people ASAP before, you know, people don't want to see me as much. Like these are definitely like thoughts that have come through my head, you know? Yeah. Well, everything that you described is precisely my inner dialogue. So (laughs) I'm exactly feeling these precise feelings myself. I have a lot of desire to have the effects of Botox, but I know at least today, I don't know, ask me in six months, I, I won't go through with it because... And, and who knows, maybe I need to be less judgmental I, because um, I have a spouse who tells me he, he would judge me differently. He literally says, like, I will think of you differently if you get Botox <laughs> because he says, like, that's botulism, like you're you're putting in things, the plague into your face. So that's his, his uh, feelings. And he's like, and you should embrace your wrinkles. You should embrace like his point of view is that I, I ought to be celebrating um our my wrinkles and like and that the confidence is the most beautiful thing and yeah that sounds fantastic in in uh in messaging and I would love to adopt it but because we're bombarded by this industry 52 billion dollars in anti-aging market I I'm also conflicted and desire the the effects of of more firm skin um and I also recognize that like it's okay to invest in yourself in ways that make you feel good so if it if, if you are a person that's listening and you do have Botox and it makes you feel good, all more power to you. So it's, uh, but I 100% just relate to everything that you described of this just inner dialogue. So given all that, what are some things that have helped you be ready to become a senora to embrace <laughs> aging? You know, and I think that this is a work in progress, as you could tell by my my previous answer. And, and maybe it's always a bit of a, a work in progress in terms of finding Maybe the, the goal is finding more peace with aging, but ultimately maybe we're never totally happy about aging, right? Because we know what that means. But for example, right now, I, I don't feel ready to be called a senora. <laughs> you know, I, I live in Mexico and so far no one has called me that. They still call me senorita and other, you know, and I and I do feel grateful that I'm not called a senora that, but there's something to unpack there, right? Why 
do I not want to be called a senora? What is behind that that negative connotation? And I think it's you know I, I think of a senora being old and older and, and and less attractive. And so there's a lot to to unpack there. But I think that the goal is to be able to embrace the word senora and not have it be a negative thing. And I think that that's part of this what we're trying to do with this conversation is really reflect on on our feelings and and see what we can do to to un, unlearn and unravel some of these um, things that we've been taught. Um, that is really funny that you mentioned this uh, resistance to Senora because there was actually an ad um, in Mexico that my cousin shared, who's my age. She's only like 27 days older than me. And it's all about Senora. I don't know if you've seen this ad. It's hilarious. <laughs> but it's like these women probably are about our age in their 30s that are like Senora. And she, they're just the women just like, no, don't call me that. And they're like running away. Like, for example, there's a woman that like maybe forgot her purse at a restaurant. She's running and the waiter's like, Senora, Senora. And she refuses to turn around because like, it's really funny but yeah that, those are those are the feelings so um tell me a little bit more about like some of the things that have helped you but wait real quick what was the commercial what is that ad for i don't even know it doesn't <laughs> matter the message i want to know <laughs> i have no idea yeah so some of the things that have been you know helping me and, and like i said this is a work in progress i'm very much working on this right now coming to terms with the realization so if I'm going to continue to age, so I'm going to continue to change physically and mentally, unless I let go of this attachment to what I look like and what I can do with my body, this is going to be a sad journey for the rest of my <laughs> life, right? Because it only goes down from here, right? Yeah. So instead, what I thought about is I want to work so much on my inner self that I fall more in love with who I am in my soul and who I'm becoming from the inside out so that the outside doesn't matter so much. I'm to that. <laughs> so that is like the big goal. That makes me feel at peace. You know, and I think that that feels like the purpose of my life. Right. Uh, and then secondly, given that aging is a given, how can I do my best to love who I am and where I am at every moment? And that's why I really gratitude practice is really important to me. And actually, Brenda and I, whenever we have a meeting, we start with gratitude because it can be really easy to get out of that practice and start to take things for granted. And I know, especially, you know, I've experienced a lot of loss recently. I never want to take anything for granted. And, and it's a practice you're going to take things for granted, but, but having things and tools to help you be in gratitude that helps that happen less often. So, you know, I, I exercise because I'm so grateful that I can move the, my body in the way I can right now. And I, I had an, um, an injury that actually made that even more real for me. And the same thing with the time that I spend with, with my family, right? I want, I want to be in gratitude because I know that's not a, a given. Yeah. Well, I think that's really great that you you shared all that in the way that you're thinking about it. And I know that this, uh, thank you for sharing how difficult time has been for you lately with the losses that you're, you've experienced. And collectively, so many of us have been reprioritizing things given all, all around us, right? The pandemic and everything around us. And I think as you were describing all this, it just makes me think about Working actively to not let aging take up so much space and concerning about concern about aging take up so much space in our heads because you know, <laughs> there's too much going on. And, and, and I 100 um, percent relate to, to why I like to do physical things, because I want to while my body's able to move, I know that everything has an expiration date. So I got to use it. I got to move it. I got to use it. And I'm going to try actively to not have aging occupy so much space in my cabecita. Yeah. And on that note, it's another thing that I am trying to do is like, how can I, 
exactly that. Like, how can we let aging take up less space in our head? But it's hard because I feel like everything that you read, any article that you read, like people always want to share ages. And then you start thinking about, um, you know, what they're doing by a certain age. And I think that's the kind of messaging I also am, am trying to challenge because we're taught you know, by this age, you're supposed to X do X, Y, and Z. So really, I, I'm trying to surround myself with more people that are challenging kind of traditional life paths or traditional, like by this age, X, Y, Z, um, and ways of thinking about when we should do things and how. Very good. Yeah. And that's kind of why we wanted to talk about this, right? We want to, I know that many of you might be thinking about this and that we, I, I, I hope that what you're hearing, listener, <laughs> is that it's a um, an active struggle, right? It's like we're 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 both trying to embrace who we are and celebrate who we are and be and and actively practice self love, but we acknowledge that it's a practice and that it is constantly a challenge because there is all this messaging that tells us otherwise. So, all of you, if you're listening, I want you to look in the mirror. I want you to pick the wrinkle that you hate the most and tell it that you love it. So I'm doing it myself. So wrinkle over here. I'm even pointing to it. Te quiero mucho. <laughs> so try that, everybody. Try that. I love that so much, Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> that was so cute. <laughs> so what, what are some things that we can do? We just talked about what, you know, some of the things that I've been doing. Other, other, things that we can do to combat just the ageism? How can we be active? Well, I think um, one of the things, and again, it's a practice, it's super hard, but I'm thinking a lot about our episode that we had with Virgie Tovar about um, fat phobia. And um, one of the things that hopefully all of you can join us in doing this, maybe it's a reto for both, all of us, is to think about our language. And I will, I personally... Uh, pledge to you all listening and to you, Anna Shayla, is that I'm going to talk a little bit less about how much I want Botox <laughs> and talk more positively about embracing my Senora vibes. You know, actually, and we started doing this a little bit. So yeah, let's, uh, Senora vibes, like, let's take pictures doing Senora things and celebrating and saying Senora vibes, you know, <laughs> I'm here inviting and celebrating my Senora vibes. So I think it's, that's one way. It's just the way we talk about it, especially as small, as small as it might be, we're working on this platform. We have this podcast. We have our social media that celebrates it. I'm going to make sure that when whatever content we put out there, it, it, that I'm conscious of it not being a um, reinforcement of the messaging that actually is um, that glorifies youth. <laughs> so I'm going to actively not do that. So that's one thing. But I think there's also practical things that we could do. I mean, all of it is practical, I guess. But things that we could do to fight um ageism in the workplace. There's sort of the same sort of things that you can do to combat any sort of um, isms <laughs> is um, looking at what the hiring practices might be at your place of employment and seeing is there, if there's practices that currently might be discriminating in many ways, but perhaps someone's age. So for instance, I know that some places um, might make the first conversation always a phone conversation versus seeing someone as a, and that as a, one of the ways to avoid bias. So there's that. I also had someone, a recruiter tell me to remove the year of my, when I graduated and stuff like that, so that I, I don't um, use a megaphone that might give people a hint about my age. So these are a couple little things that, um, they, little tactics to help combat ages and what, okay. So, so Anna Shayla, what would you add to ways that we can dismantle ageism. Well, I think what you shared so far is really excellent. I think it's a combination of mindfulness and practical things that, that we can do. And 
going back to the senora-ness, you know, maybe I'm still not wanting to embrace, you know, how soon I'll be called a senora. Um, I don't know when it'll come. But what I can start doing right now is even if I don't feel so positively about it, what I can start doing is not talking negatively about it. So that's the first step. So even if you don't believe something, you can catch yourself. So this is where we're going back to being mindful. Be Pay attention to the words that you say out loud. And because the things that you say, you start to believe. So if we start to say things less, then maybe we can start to believe them less. Muy bien. with some of the reactions that we got from listeners about this topic. So we asked uh, la gente on our Instagram about aging and here's what some of them said. So this is a, um, a thought by Robin M. And this is what she says. She says, I take care of my skin, but I'm embracing my wrinkles because they show I have a full life. I celebrate my gray hairs and will never pluck or color them unless I'm dying my hair purple. The concern I have about aging mostly is what will happen to me financially after I retire. But luckily, I'm a few decades away from that point. Okay, I think this is a great point because yes, we might be spending some time on how we feel about aging and the wrinkles, etc. But hope if you're if you're listening, no matter what age you are, if you have the ability to contribute to your 401k, please start like you have to start. And I want, we want to encourage you to think about that and really do think about retirement planning, because it's never too early to start about that. I, um, I just really want to encourage that because even though we mentioned how some Latinos do not have access to retirement savings or options within their employer, even those that do, Latinos are not taking advantage of it. Actually, a lot of people don't take advantage of it. I want to talk to you about real briefly, Anna Shayla and I were both on the board of, an, of a um, nonprofit that um, worked on education. They had about, I don't know, 30 employees. One of the things that this organization did, which I think is fantastic, and they had a lot of a lot of Latinx um, employees, especially in the early start department and anyone that knows about early, of, um, early education programs, they don't pay well. But one of the things this organization did is to, to encourage their employees to save up for retirement. They made a, a policy that you have to opt out of the retirement plan. Most places have you opt in. Well, it turns out that policy change, more people started contributing. So these are some of the things that we could do to start thinking about retirement. So encourage um, your family, your friends, people that, that could potentially be saving up for retirement to ask if they have that option in their place of employment. If you're looking for a job, ask about retirement benefits, ask about matching. You know, is there, is there an opportunity to, to match what you're contributing? So anyways, think about your retirement. What else did you hear, Anna Sheila? That is super stressful. Oh, and I'll just add one thing to that is if you don't have access to an employee retirement plan, you can open up a Roth IRA, which is what I currently have because neither Brenda and I have that option. Right now. So true. Triste. Triste. <laughs> <laughs> it does stress me out a little bit, but, you know, trying to stay optimistic here. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right. So now from the Hefa Life, she says, I'm turning 40 this year and I'm excited. I do make sarcastic jokes about it because it's 40. Growing up, though, I had friends that unfortunately passed away before adulthood. So I always remember to be grateful for the opportunities that I've had. Because of that experience, I've always had a positive mindset around aging. Very good. Very important. Anything that, taught, that this pandemic has taught us is that life is incredibly valuable and that, that we ought to really be mindful and grateful about every moment that we have on this planet because right. you just don't know. It's definitely hitting that gratitude message. 
Mm-hmm. All right. So um, that's what we heard from our listeners. Again, we, we got a couple of retos for you that we're going to participate in. Ana Sheila is going to um, take baby steps to embracing her Senora vibes. Uh, I'm, we're going to be conscious about the way we talk about ageism. We are going to encourage our friends and family to save up for retirement and look up for you know what's available to them, including maybe not the employer, there could be other options. So looking into that. And, um, and we want to also tell you to, again, write a love letter to your favorite wrinkle. (laughs) These are the things we're going to do. And um, we just want to thank you for listening. Another, another fantastic conversation that we've had here on Tamarindo. We want to hear your thoughts. You can always contact us at contact at tamarindopodcast.com. Don't forget to register for our free event and ponte un sweater. Y calmate te calmo. Tamarindo Podcast is part of Sonoro Media. It is hosted by Brenda Gonzalez and Ana Sheila Victorino. Producer Jeff provides original music and Michelle Andrade edits the show. Follow us on Instagram at Tamarindo Podcast and on Twitter at Tamarindo Cast. Support our show by sharing this episode with a friend, writing us a review on Apple Podcasts, or contributing financially to the show. All contributions, big or small, help us keep bringing you great conversations and free or low-cost events. To get in touch with us or to support us, please go to tamarindopodcast.com. Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa. Eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI, FPEI 220099.